World Korea Insights. We are united in our responsibility to create healthier futures. Follow us at worldkorea.com forward slash podcast. Welcome to the World Courier Insights Podcast. I'm Mike Iorfino, Manager of External Communications at Amerisource Bergen, and your host for this podcast, where we cover the latest news and priorities across the pharmaceutical industry. Today, our conversation will focus on strategies to build more sustainable and efficient operations across the supply chain. And I'm thrilled to be joined by two experts, Paula Polsoni, Senior Director of Clinical Supply Solutions at World Courier, and Julia Ferrati. Director of Corporate Responsibility and Sustainability at Amerisource Bergen. Julia, there are a number of different topics I want to cover today, but let's start here. Can you explain the role of the Corporate Responsibility and Sustainability team? Thank you, Mike, and such a pleasure to be here. As you mentioned, I'm part of the Corporate Responsibility and Sustainability team, which means that I engage different businesses and different departments to drive programs and practices to create a positive impact on people and planet. And as an organization, we have a responsibility to leverage our position and value in the industry to drive this positive change. And we see this work really tied up to our purpose. We know that creating healthier futures start with protecting the health of the people and the planet. And historically and traditionally, the corporate responsibility and sustainability work within an organization was nice to have, but in the current environment is a must have. We've got priorities like climate change or social issues that are coming up are becoming stronger and stronger and our actions to mitigate them is becoming more and more important. That's a really helpful overview and even helpful to hear how the role of these teams have evolved in recent years. Considering the size of Amerisource Bergen and knowing that World Courier has a presence in more than 50 countries, what factors go into building a global sustainability strategy? Yeah, that's a great question, Mike. A strategy is built around the topics that the company can have an impact on uh, specifically. At Amerisource Bergen, we've got a strategy built around three priorities. The first priority is the purpose-driven team members pillar. Is a pillar on our social impact and is the company commitment to fundamental human rights and the company commitment to foster a diverse and inclusive work environment where team members of all backgrounds are treated with fairness, dignity and respect. The second pillar is our environmental pillar. We call it resilient and sustainable operations and is our commitment to operating efficiently as well as responsibly across our global supply chain. Our programs around reductions of emissions, waste, product safety and sustainable packaging, for example. The third pillar is the healthy communities for all. So is our commitment and we hope to inspire equitable access to healthcare within the global communities. And to do that, we partner with non-for-profit organizations to advance the well-being of patient populations, both human and animal. And we operate through the Amerisource Bergen Foundation. And in the past financial year, for example, with Amerisource Bergen Foundation donated more than $7.7 million to over 100 non-for-profit partners operating with the missions of advancing health equity. 
to drive programs and practices that create a positive impact on people and planet. And as an organization, we have a responsibility to leverage our position and value in the industry to drive this positive change. So you mentioned some of these core pillars and priorities. Are there any specific objectives that we're targeting? Yes, we've got one specific objective and it's around our environmental strategy. In June 2021, Amerisos Bergen committed to science-based targets. Science-based targets are a pathway for companies to reduce gas emissions. And targets are considered science-based if they are in line with the latest climate science deemed necessary to meet the goals of the Paris Agreement, so to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. And these are very well-established way for companies to set an external target. These are multi-year process, and we are hoping to have a validated science-based target by the end of 2022. In the meantime, obviously, we continue to drive program to reduce our emissions. And uh, in the last financial year, in FY21, we've reduced our scope one and two emissions by 4.6% compared to our baseline year, FY19. That's excellent and really exciting to hear some of the progress that we're making there. What are some of the main focus areas right now and what are some of the initiatives that we're taking to achieve these goals? Yeah, there are several areas that we're working on. And while climate change is actually presenting some risks for our business, we also see a significant opportunity to adapt and innovate our strategy and to continue to deliver on our promise while protecting the planet. We believe that energy management is critical for our sustainability, obviously continuing to reduce our emissions and deploying energy efficiency measures across all businesses, which basically drive a reduction in uh, consumption as well as in emissions. And um, another significant part of our strategy is actually looking at how to switch to renewable purchasing renewable energy. And this will definitely help us making some considerable progress towards our science-based targets. At the end of the previous financial year, we purchased 20% of our global electricity from renewable sources. Then we've got another area that is very material for us, is transportation. In some of our markets, we own our fleet. So we are looking at reducing the emissions from our fleet, conducting, for example, route optimization audits and trying to maximize the efficiency as well as reducing the environmental impact. And we are also starting to look at alternative fuels options as well. And we are not only looking at the climate management, but we're also uh, looking at the climate adaptations as well. So basically assessing the physical risks of our top 100 location where we may experience, for example, as I said, risk associated to hurricane or extreme weather conditions. And these inform basically our business strategy and continuity planning as well. We have program holistically looking of how reducing our emissions overall. That's fascinating. Thanks for sharing all of that. And just turning it over to Paula here. Paula, as someone who leads operations for World Careers Global Depot Network, I know you're constantly working with teams around the world to ensure we have the infrastructure and capabilities in regions around the globe to help companies advance pharmaceutical innovation and access. 
Can you share more about your role and how our focus on sustainability factors into that decision making and our overarching vision? Sure, Mike. I currently lead the Depot Network at Work Courier, where we offer warehousing and distribution solutions in 18 locations across the globe. We have direct contribution to what Julia was reflecting on a corporate level. But it's key for us is that we look at our sustainability vision as an opportunity, right? An opportunity to have a greater impact than ever on delivering healthy futures, our purpose. I like to think this is kind of expanding our impact horizons, uh, where we deliver healthy futures by doing logistics right with excellence, as we have done for many years now, but then have a true net positive impact, but also taking care of, of the environment, right? Of the ecosystem. And I think there is clear scientific evidence on how interlinked ecosystem well-being and health is, right? And also a general agreement on how accelerated we need to deliver on change. So I think uh, how fast we need to change our economic models to reduce negative consequences is our clear focus at the moment. So yeah, for us at Work Courier, not only at the warehousing, but also at the transport level, we see this as an opportunity to drive change, to make a better world, but also a responsibility, right, to do it at a very accelerated pace. And I was hearing Julia talking about examples and objectives, right? And I think most of the company focus right now is going around data, how data holds the key for us to make impactful decisions, uh, have the highest impact results at the shortest timelines, right? So really investing a lot in exploring how to leverage that data. We hold and redesign our operational model with the right prioritization. Yeah. And just piggybacking off of that point there, in terms of how we're able to use data to inform our decision-making, for a global specialty logistics provider like World Courier, what steps are we taking or what steps can we take to reduce or lessen our environmental impact while also ensuring people around the world continue to receive the critical medication that they need? Yeah, um, I think I can give you one example, a recent one. Um, so we have a proprietary uh, packaging solution called Cocoon, which is a reusable temperature control container shipper, which is a sustainable solution in itself, right? Because it's reusable. Um, more recently, World Career teams of analysts have been uh, using advanced network modeling to drive a smart decision-making on how to allocate these this shippers around the globe. Um, so how to do it in the most efficient way. So now leaders at World Career can make sure the cocoons are whenever they, they are needed, while reducing carbon footprint. And this is tactically reduced by minimizing unnecessary reallocation of shippers with no payload. Yeah. So I think this is one of the most recent examples of how a sustainable solution through data continue evolving into a wider impact right, on sustainability. Yeah, that's a great example. And just be curious if there are any examples of how we're using data to inform decisions within our warehouses, in addition to what you just shared about how we're using it to inform where and when our packaging solutions need to be placed around the world. Yeah, absolutely. As transport, warehousing is a big chapter, right, on sustainability. I think I can mention we have recently completed an upgrade on our warehousing capacity model. So effectively, what we're trying to do here is better predicting occupancy. If we can better predict occupancy and evolve our designs, warehouse designs, to maximize capacity, in the end, what we are doing is extending the lifespan of our warehouses. And this is really key, really important, because then we are extending the value of our assets for longer. Uh, in the end, it reduces the need for a new building. 
And construction, as you may know, is a high emission activity. Uh, so we are aiming to only go into construction when there is no more value to take out of our facilities. So really exciting to see how our uh, new designs are extending life uh, span two, three, five years in our warehouses and how construction becomes a more, let's say, rare occasion in some markets. Now, shifting a little bit to waste management, which I know is a pressing topic, particularly within clinical trials. How is the industry and more specifically World Courier approaching this? Yeah, I think we collaborate with different levels of vendors, pharma companies in the industry. And it's very clear that minimizing waste, right? Waste management is a common objective for the industry. I think we all share the obligation to design out waste. I think that's a very interesting concept uh, in which waste, we need to start changing our mindset in which we see waste as a flow in the process, right? And our operational models need to evolve so that waste is not present as much as possible. So you, you see this across the pharmaceutical industry and maybe more connected with the clinical trial industry across different levels. From our courier perspective, we started this journey long ago. Over 10 years ago, we completed the full global deployment of the infrastructure needed to switch entirely from single use into reusable temperature control shippers. And then we continue focusing on other elements that you know we were using in our operations like temperature monitors. We reduce temperature monitors waste by developing a pay-per-use model. So historically, pools of monitor were allocated to clinical trials and you couldn't share and they were single use. So there was lots of waste coming off expired unused monitors. And then we deploy a model, an operational model in which we have a multiple use pool that all clients could use from, and then we contribute to very, very uh, tangible reduce in waste. And I think from a different angle, we have also contributed through flexibilization of supply chain design tactics that have been used uh, for many years in other industries, right? Like just in time or even uh, hub distributions, uh, including hubs in free trade zones are key. So you don't need to be positioned in pharmaceutical supplies in markets where you don't need if you're going to use them and gives a lot of flexibility to pharma companies and sponsors to plan better the use of their supplies and minimize waste. But I think the future is super exciting in that front, going back to the data component, right? Uh, I believe that through data analytics, we are seeing a lot of new opportunities to keep reducing waste um, from real-world evidence application into clinical trials, adaptive trials, and also Artificial intelligence being used in, in more complex supply chain models. Uh, I really believe there is a whole new generation of supply chains we will be evolving within the industry in the coming years. That's great. And I think you hit on a couple of really important points there. I think over the last couple of years, you know, that flexibility in the supply chain has been more important than ever before. But I, I want to close with this final question for both of you, and it is more of a forward-looking question. And Paula, you hit on it just now, but what do you both think is the key to more sustainable logistics operations? And Julia, I'll start with you. Yeah, it's a great question. I think as we look at the future, one of the key things that we should consider is partnership. I think as, a, as an organization, we can do a lot. But we can only do so far, especially our business is the, the intersection between uh, manufacturers or our upstream supply chain uh, and patients. And 
Collaboration is key. If we look, for example, in terms of reducing emissions, the biggest chunk of emissions are normally coming from the supply chain. And normally organization has um, the footprint of the emission in the supply chain can be as high as 95%. So really that collaboration with business partners and customers and um, our entire supply chain and as an industry towards a common goal, I think is key to actually um, have more sustainable operations. I agree. I think it's all about partnership. It's all about leveraging data together. This should be a common goal, a common goal for humans, right? A twist to that that we are discussing internally more and more is how we see partnership, how we define partnership. Automatically, when we say partnership, we think externally, right, with, with clients, with potentially with competitors. But what happens in, inside the company? It's not less important, right, the powerful impact of our workforce. If you think about Amerisource Bergen, we have over 42,000 employees. There is tremendous potential for really inspiring them in changing mindset in the multiple countries where we operate and drive more sustainable operations from the ground floor, right, and then cross-pollinate, you know, this new tactics to change our business models across the multiple locations. I think connecting continuous improvement initiatives uh, with sustainability objectives within the company as well is, is key to deliver on this. And I completely agree on the engagement, internal engagement as well. Obviously, partnership and engagement and empowering people to innovate is absolutely important. That's a great point. And I think it's a perfect message for us to close on here. Thank you so much for joining the podcast and for this fascinating discussion on such an important topic for the industry. We look forward to speaking with both of you again and look forward to monitoring the continued progress we make in this space. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. For the latest World Courier news and insights, visit worldcourier.com forward slash podcast.